My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. When I turned to Monster Erotica, my mother was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, what in the hell are you thinking, boy? What I did was I logged onto my Amazon account and I showed her the money I was making from it. And she's like, you know what, boy, you just do you. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Hi, I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Alara Brenwin is a quiet Midwestern college girl known for her raunchy dinosaur erotica writing. And that guy you heard at the top? That's her. Today, on the first episode of Weird Work ever, we talked about why he pretends to be a woman on the internet and helps me come up with my own pen name for writing erotica. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcast, Radio Public, The Gates of Hell, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird work. In one sentence, how do you describe what you do? In one sentence, I would say, I write my perversions on a page for other people to enjoy. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. What are your particular perversions? Uh, my perversions are pretty much just whatever I can think up. Really, the funny thing is I'm more of a vanilla type person myself, but I can tailor my writing and the stuff that I like to my audience and to what an audience wants. But you yourself are like pretty vanilla. You're not like I, dressing I up would... in dinosaur costumes or anything like that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I think the worst I get is uh, like very light BDSM. I, I could... I'm not very big into like the hardcore stuff. Yeah, but you're you got monsters. Demons. I do have monsters, um, <laughs> but not I, in your own personal life, just on the page. No, uh, well, sometimes my boss can be a monster, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but no, if if you're wondering about why monsters are in my work, um, I'm a big fan of fantasy fiction. I wanted to try the idea of writing a story with monsters and erotica in it. So what I did was I took my favorite monster, a dragon, I created a scenario, I wrote the story, and I put it out there. And I wasn't expecting anything from it, but it actually turned out to be a real big seller. And that's one reason I turned to Monster Erotica, because it, you know, it made good money. And um, it was really fun to write. Um, monsters allowed me to create some really strange scenarios, like science fiction, fantasy, a slightly horror-esque scenarios. 
it's the one genre I never ran out of ideas for. I just so there's been no there's been you you're never like worried about coming up with the next idea for an erotica novel. You got those locked down for years, right? For well, for short stories anyway. Um, <laughs> novels can be a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, as far as just monster erotica goes, yeah, I've got just tons and tons of ideas. <laughs> Broadly, like, why did you get into erotica specifically? Um, I was very young when I first started. The reason why I got into it, my mother was very sick. And because of that, she lost her job. And we had you know, no money coming in. I was going to school at the time. And um, I really liked to write. So uh, what I would do, what I first started doing was writing stuff like advertisements, doing ad copy, doing ghostwriting. And through some of my ghostwriting gigs, I found that erotica was selling. And uh, I had a friend of mine, um, he was a bit older, and he, he was a self-proclaimed pervert like I am. He said, hey, man, you know, I, I read some of this stuff online, and there's a little bit of it out, out on Amazon. Maybe you can make a little money and help your financial situation. So what I would do is after I get home from school, I would write a story and I ended up writing about four or five stories. I put them out there, and I didn't make tons, but I made enough to keep me going. So what I basically would end up doing is I'd go to school, do my homework, and then I would just start writing my fiction. It was exhausting work, but eventually after about two or three months, I was making what would equate to a living. And so I was able to take care of my mother until she got back on her feet. And then after I was done, I was like, hmm, you know, this is really cool. Maybe I could do this. So as I went to college, I did it. And um, eventually I just kept doing it because, well, the money was good and it was fun to do. And at this point I was already doing the monster stuff and I had tons of fun ideas that I could try. And so it just kind of went from there. What did your mom think about you turning to writing erotica specifically towards like dinosaurs and monsters and things like that? At the beginning, of course I didn't do that specifically. She, she thought it was a bit amusing at first. Cause you know, she's like, you know, there's no way that someone your age could do that. And I did it and she read it and she's like, huh, Okay, well, I was wrong. Um, but when I turned to Monster Erotica, my mother was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, what in the hell are you thinking, boy? And then what I did, I said, well, I was thinking that this could be fun. But what I did was I logged onto my Amazon account and I showed her the money I was making from it. And she's like, you know what, boy, you just do you. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so funny so she was skeptical until she was like oh this is paying for things great yeah do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um after she got back on her feet and she got another job and she was she saw that i was still making money with it she was like you know i don't know what to think about all this but if it makes you happy and it's making you money do you just keep doing it until it's not fun anymore and then do something else it's, she kind of stressed the do something else thing, but <laughs> like, yeah, that something else is always an option. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like you can always do something else, but this is fine too. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna like kind of pull back a little bit. You write under a lot of different names, like I do, Alara Brenwin, Christy Sims. First off, they're unbelievably good author names. So I'm just wondering, how did you come up with these names? Basically, what I did was I looked up fantasy names online for, for the first few names that I used, and then I would just pick one that looks interesting to me. I like the name Alara because it, I was going to name myself Aurora, but I, 
I saw the name Alara and I fell in love with it. And Branwen is actually just a variant of the name Bronwyn, uh, which I believe is either Irish or Scottish. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a big thing for like Irish and Scottish and uh, Viking stuff. So I thought, Branwen, that'll that'll work. And then what's, what's kind of like the back? Because I noticed there's some great backstories to these authors. Like what what's the sort of typical backstory for one of your pen names? I kind of based it a little bit on myself. Um, so a typical backstory would be that I was a, you know, a college student that was just, you know, kind of bored with life and she wants to act out her her perversions and she couldn't find any other way to do it. So she did it through erotica in the erotica world, female pen names sell better than male pen names. Hmm. You know, it's, I kind of wish it wasn't that way, but that's the way it is. Um, I actually did a test myself and I found out that I, I created a male pin name. I can't remember what it is now. I haven't checked the account in a long time. And um, a female pin name. And I found out that the female pin name and the male pin name, they sold the same type of erotica, but the female pin name outsold the male pin name by a bunch. Okay, so I'll use female pin names from now on. <laughs> do you think in the erotica like world, do you think a lot of them are men writing as women? I can tell you that a lot of them are because I know quite a few of them. Oh. Uh, now, some of some <laughs> of them are um, some of them are women. Back in the olden days, it's not so much this way now, thankfully. But a lot of women would use their initials, so oh, that yeah. you would just you would just assume that it was a man writing it. But in erotica, you know, you you're going to want to make sure that you're a woman, or at least your pen name is a female pen name. With the other erotica writers. Like, how many are you friends with them? Do you consider yourself in competition? Do you like swap story ideas? Like, how do you work with the other people in the erotica industry? The way things are set up now, especially on Amazon, the way they pay their writers, um, it's one great big competition. However, um, a lot of writers support each other because it's it's very hard. I don't think that I would be able to do what I do or write as fast if I didn't have, you know, at least a little bit of support, someone I can talk about my days and everything because being a writer it's very hard to connect with other people because i mean as you can tell i'm a i'm a bit of a strange person myself (laughs) so no come on (laughs) (laughs) at least i admit it but um (laughs) but they're easier to talk to and um it's kind of funny a lot of the writers that i talk to now i idolized when i was younger because you know at one point i was a young pervert and i read some of their work and um funny thing i found out that my favorite writer was actually somebody who uh, i regularly kept kept in contact with and i never knew huh i'd love to talk a little bit more about your writing like how long does it take you to write one of these books okay well it depends uh a short story used to take me two to three days now I can get one written in about three or four hours and have it edited in about one, so about five hours in total. If you're talking about a novel, most of my novels run around sixty to 80,000 words. That takes me about 15 to 20 days to write, and the editing process for those is usually about five to ten. And do you do the editing yourself, or do you have an editor? Okay, for my novels, I have an editor. But for my short stories, I usually have to do a lot of my editing. Not always the case. Sometimes my my editor does have time, but usually she's focused more on my novels. And uh, I just have to kind of do my short stories as well as I can. 
Um, but I've actually been told I'm a pretty good editor. So, so yeah, pretty self-sufficient. So, okay. So like, give me, it sounds like you were writing for a little while, um, a few of these novels and then one of them took off. Yes. Can you explain like what that was like that first sort of viral success? At the time I was actually going through a very difficult period in my life. So, um, I was feeling a bit burned out because at that time I had written close to seven or 800 short stories. So I was feeling a bit burned out and I was always thinking, you know, geez, each one of these short stories, it feels like I'm dropping a pebble into, you know, a big well. And then one day I looked at my sales and I had a, just a bunch and I didn't understand what was going on. People were leaving comments. People were saying, you know, oh my God, this is weird. And they were telling jokes and I was like, what the hell is going on? And so I looked online and I found this one blogger made a post about one of my books. And then I think the Daily Mail picked up this blogger's post and then things went crazy from there. And it was a surreal feeling. I just started laughing because I was like, of all the things to get famous for, this is the last thing I ever thought I was, you know, ever going to be famous for. I thought I was one day I would write uh, the great American novel and maybe get famous for that. You still um, got time. You could still write the great American novel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. But I mean, I was just saying at the time, I never thought that, something like that would happen. I immediately jumped on it and started working my contacts, trying to get as much of a push of this as I can. So while I was surprised, I was also, you know, working very hard to make sure this lasted as long as I can and make sure to get as much out of it as I could. And when, and when was this? This was in October of 2013. And it just got picked up and spawned basically the golden years of dinosaur erotica? Pretty much. Well, I would say the golden month or two. It didn't last that long, and I didn't (laughs) think it would. Um, But uh, yeah, it it pretty much spawned that, and it spawned parodies. It spawned all kinds of stuff. Um, Right after that, an author named Chuck Tingle started writing um, his parody works, and uh, it spawned a lot of good writers. And it actually, I've been told, inspired one or two people to write. And um, I always think when uh, when those people told me, you know, hey, uh, your work inspired me to write. And I, I just thought to myself, you poor soul. You couldn't have been inspired by something, something amazing, something great. You had to be inspired by, you know, dinosaurs doing it with hot women. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, are you always very private about your actual identity? I was at one point. I think recently I, I've become more honest, as you can see in a lot of the interviews, I pretended to be Alar Brandon and Christy Sims. And if you want to know why, uh, I I was dating a woman at the time. She and her family, or her family mainly, wouldn't have really approved of what I did. And I didn't really want my family to know other than my mother and some close family members. And certainly not my friends that I was doing this. I, I, kept, I kept the secret. And um, for those that are listening, if you... We're thinking I was a woman and we're thinking, oh, my gosh, this was written. This hot stuff was written by hot women. Um, I do apologize. <laughs> but but I was really just trying to protect my family. So I guess what made you what made you decide to kind of relax a little bit more and, and be less private? You know, I, I figured it just didn't really matter anymore. I'm not, you know, super famous. I never really wanted to be in the month or two that the stuff got really big. I did a lot of interviews and it got really tiring. And so at that time, I really didn't want to be famous or known because I, I really wanted to be just left alone and I wanted to protect my family. But now I'm more relaxed because 
it just doesn't seem like anyone really cares. It's like, oh, okay, you're you're a pervert, you know, just like the other millions of perverts we know. Good for you. <laughs> yes, like at this at this point, it's and do you think that's just like culturally, or just you've become more okay with it, or a little bit of both? Um, it's probably a little bit of both. Culturally, I think it would have would have been fine. For me, I think I just got a little older. I got a little wiser. I got a little less uptight about my my work in general. I fully became aware of what I was doing, and I realized that I just needed to have fun with it. Because, I mean, it's no fun writing stuff like this and just trying to be all uptight and scared about it. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. See that. So you've, you've kind of broken your books down into like short stories and some of them are slightly longer, but they tend to be really short. Why Most of you, them are short. Yeah. Is there a particular reason on why you write such short stories? Uh, that came back to 2010 when I first started writing. The way Amazon was originally uh, set up, it was actually more advantageous to write short stories because you could make more money on it and especially short erotica. And that was true for about, I would say about five years. Gradually, Amazon changed things so that longer works could actually start competing and doing well. Basically, what it came down to was Amazon was tired of listening to the popular authors that were left on their website, screaming at them because they, were, they weren't making as much money as they thought they should. So Amazon curbed that, and they pushed them down. They pushed writers of longer fiction, especially more popular writers up. And so that actually kind of skewed me towards novel writing as, uh, as well. What did they do particularly that pushed it towards longer form? They created Kindle Unlimited. So they have a pot of money and they said, okay, people can borrow your books in this program if you choose to opt in. And if you didn't choose to opt in, Amazon used their algorithms to destroy your books and push them far down the rankings. But if you did opt in, what you could do is say, okay, people in Kindle Unlimited can borrow your books. And if they read them to the 10% point, you basically get a share of this money. That was good for short erotic authors because you could open the book and boom, you've got 10%. 
because <laughs> like it's like a it's like a twenty page book, so they read to like the first chapter, and they're pretty much it's instantly you're covered. Right. Cool. So eventually, uh, Amazon catches on to this. The big authors start complaining again, and so they said, "Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to change it around. We're still going to have the big pot of money, but we're going to do it by pages read." What that did is they would take all of the pages read and divide it into the pot and then divide the money out like that. And believe it or not, that actually hurt short erotica authors because short stories don't have as many pages and therefore they don't get as much money for their work. And has this like has the way Amazon adjusts as these payments changed the way you write? It has. Um, I write longer now and um, that I don't mind because I've always wanted to write novels. But the biggest thing is a lot of people are padding their books because the pay for pages read has actually gone down by about 33% since this uh, pay scheme has started because hmm. more and more people are reading and less and less money is being put into the pot to keep up with this. And so, you know, people like me are getting hurt because we're making less money, but the readers are also getting hurt because people are opting out of Kindle Unlimited and going their own way. And so there are fewer writers that you can just pretty much read for free or, well, for your $10 a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't know. That's so strange to think like how these minor adjustments to algorithms can be like actually change the way you write. I know it, it, it is strange, but I mean, I still find a way to write the things that I enjoy and hopefully other people enjoy reading. So, I mean, I'm always going to find a way to find the fun in my job. So, okay. So like if we... You got a thousand ideas. Let's say I want to start getting into this now. Can you, okay. can, can we go through like a, a, a brainstorm of like how you would help me here? Sure. So let's start pen names. Cause I need, like I, I need, I can't be Sam Balter. I obviously want a pen name. And if I'm going to write erotica, it's gotta be a lady name. Okay. So your name is Sam Balter. Um, I like your last name, but what I want to do is I just want to use the first letter. So let's start with a B. Um, let's think of something, something that goes down smooth, but something that's spicy. How about brandy? Oh, okay. I love that brandy. Okay. Um, spicy, but goes down smooth. I might, yeah, that might just have to be part of my profile now. Heck yeah. <laughs> so let's go with brandy. How about M? I'm going to take the last letter of your first name. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got an M. No, I keep thinking of fish names, and I just don't think that's going to work. Like Brandy Marlin or something like that. No, I don't uh, think that's going to work. Birds, maybe? Is yeah, think, how about... What do we got? Can you think of a bird? Uh, with hmm. an M? I, for some reason, I'm stuck on the blue... J I don't know much about birds, to be honest. Are you, are you go, typing I'm up Googling. Quick, yeah, yeah. I'm Google, Googling. Yeah, let's, go, let's Google a quick M bird that might be good. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yeah, what do you got? Tell me what you got. Brandy Maltese? Yeah, I was... Oh, I love that. I also love the Maltese Falcon. Great story. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> there we go. Brandon, Brandy Maltese. Spicy oh. and mysterious. Yes, yes. My okay. God. Okay, great. Brandy Maltese. How can people read some of your work? Okay, so basically the way things are now, um, I'm all in on Amazon because there's really no other place I can put it. A lot of places are cracking down on erotica. So what you can do is either you could just go on to Amazon.com, find my author page, Alara Brandwin, and just buy the books. Or what you could do 
is you can subscribe to Kindle Unlimited and you can read all my books for basically $10 a month. You just read through them, get your jollies and, and go. Cool. Well, I just want to say thanks again so much for being on. I, I really appreciate you taking the time and like opening up about so many different things here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I had so much fun. I did too. Thanks a lot. Oh, look, it's me again. You thought it was over. I'll give you one guess what I'm about to ask. Oh, yeah. It's to subscribe to this podcast. If you do, I'll love you forever. Unless you're Ira Glass, in which case, I'm on to you. Thanks. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.